I want to talk about a couple things today. The title of my message is, If Camels Could Walk and Donkeys Would Talk and Women Would Cry and Trees Would Die, We All Can Walk on Water. What does that mean? He's right. He married a nut. No. If camels could walk and donkeys could talk and women would cry and trees would die, it's all miraculous. It had no way of doing any of the above without the miracle power of God. And when Peter walked on water, he was a human being that had never walked on water. There was all kinds of stuff going on. And Peter says to Jesus, if that's you, call me to walk on water. Now, that was either really, really amazing faith or total stupidity. But whatever it was, Jesus said, come on, walk on the water. And as long as Peter saw Jesus, got his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. Eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. Eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. Started looking at the storm, it says he turned. Instead of looking on Jesus and walking on water, he turned and focused on the storm. And the Bible says immediately, he sank. If we want to focus on the storm, get ready to sink. But if we want to keep our eyes on Jesus, get ready to walk on water because we can do it. If you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 60. Arise, shine for your light has come. So I couldn't find anything in the Bible earlier this morning. So I sat down and I put all my little markers in them. So now you don't have to come up and look through the Bible because I couldn't find it earlier. So if any of you can't find anything in your Bible, neither could I. So it's okay. Arise, shine for thy light is come in the glory of the Lord. Isaiah 61. I'm sorry, 60 verse 1. Arise, shine for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. If we are not living in the prophecy of Isaiah and the book of Revelation, I don't know what is. Because darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness as if there was a fog covering the people. And you look at people and they look at you like you have three heads. And sometimes you talk about things like praise the Lord and you have to be careful where you say it or you believe in Jesus and people think that you really ought to be institutionalized. And I'm not being funny. I've seen people who have thought good was evil and evil is good. And when you sit down and listen to some of their theology, according to the world system. It can be a little scary. And it says darkness covers the earth and gross darkness covers the people. People are getting gross these days. And it says, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and the glory of the Lord arise on thee and the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. You realize this whole chapter is talking about you. It's talking about people. We have a Bible right right now to stand up and arise, shine for the light of God has come and the glory of the Lord is shining on God's people. And if ever the glory of the Lord needed to shine on God's people, it's now. And if ever God's people needed to stand up and shine and help a world of darkness, it's now. Now let's translate it. Arise means become powerful, fixed, endure, fulfill, build, and establish. Listen, it is time. You remember how the Bible says that as Christians, we're supposed to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, right? The head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You know how people say, what are you doing under the circumstances? Well, under the circumstance, you're not called to be under the circumstance. You are to be above and not beneath, and you're to be the head and not the tail. Now think about this just one second. Think about what it means to be the head and not the tail. Think about the view from that direction. 
Just the view alone, God did not call you to be the tail. He called you to be the head. You don't want to look from the direction of the tail and neither do you want to be in the direction of the tail and neither do you want to be in the afterfall, fall out of the direction of the tail. But what you do want to do is be the head. You want to be the leader. You want to have your eyes wide open. You want to do what God calls you to do with the glory of God to help you do it. It says become powerful, fixed, endure, fulfill, build, and establish. It's time for us to stand up and become powerful. And if the media doesn't like it, you know, Joel Osteen, we all love Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen's daddy was a wonderful man, mentor to Richard and me. He adored Richard. He was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And he used to say, if this rubs the cat wrong, turn the cat around. He said, the church is getting so worldly and the world is getting so churchy. It's time. He said, the world is getting so churchy and the church is getting so worldly. It's hard to tell them apart. But it's time for us now to arise and shine. Let the church be the church and let the people arise, become powerful, fixed, endure, fulfill, build, and establish. Shine means to become the light, be lifted up, illuminate, and be glorious for the light. Listen to this. The light of day, the light of life, and the light of prosperity. It's time for God's people to believe all those Gedillion scriptures in the Bible that said God delights in the prosperity of his people. He gives you the power to prosper. He said, beloved, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Why do you sow seed? Because the Bible's very clear. When you give unto God, he opens you the windows of heaven, pours you out a blessing, and there's not even room enough to receive it. It's good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men call you blessed? And you go on and on and on. And if you take... Uh, Galatians, and you take Luke 6, 38, and you take Malachi 3, that word is for us to prosper. The world would like us not to prosper because then they have to give it up. The devil would like us not to prosper because then he has to give it up. But it's time for us to arise, shine, and tell the devil and tell his people, give it up. Because it has got to be fulfilled for scripture. The end time transference of wealth has to happen. It's biblical. It's scriptural. And if we're not living in the end times in the book of Revelation... Wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, gross darkness, good looking like evil, evil looking like good. If you don't think good looks like evil and evil looks like good, go out and look in the door. Go out the window, read the newspapers, go online. It's nothing different to the Bible. Do y'all know about where the, the demoniac of Gadara? So Jesus is getting ready to get in a boat and he's taking this little journey and he's going to go over to where the gathering people are and he's going to, you know, of course a storm arises whenever you're doing God's work. You know, people think, oh, the storm hits you because you're doing the devil's work. No, the storm hits you because you're doing God's work and the devil doesn't want you to cross over to the other side. So Jesus is in the boat, the storm comes, and it's not that he's the bad guy, he's doing what he's supposed to do. When you do what God calls you to do, don't be shocked when the winds and the waves show up. And Jesus rebukes the winds and the waves and says, I've got a job to do. We're going to go where this demoniac of Gadara is. He's naked and living in tombs. Jesus gets to him, he prays for him, he casts the demon out of him, and the Bible says the demoniac of Gadara became clothed and in his right mind. Sounds good, right? No, that's when it made the people mad. They got mad, they were so angry, they kicked Jesus out. And it said they were sore afraid. 
So here's the demoniac of Gadara, naked and living in a graveyard, and nobody cares. He gets healed and delivered. He's now clothed and in his right mind, and they're afraid. What are you thinking? Good looking like evil, evil looking like good. So now it's time for us to arise, shine, and let the glory of the Lord shine on us, shine in us, be the head and not the tail. We're to prosper and be in health even as our soul, mind, will, and emotions prosper. And God said he put all the gold and silver in the earth and commanded us to take dominion, to subdue it. And he said, go ahead and prosper. I delight in the prosperity of my people. Now, if you want to delight God, go prosper. Sounds good to me. I don't know. Sounds good on all ends. And he told us to arise, shine. Now look at the camels walking. If you look at the book of First Kings chapter 10, First Kings chapter 10, and when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon, she heard the fame of Solomon. She didn't Google him. She didn't Facebook him. She didn't Twitter and tweet on him. Nope, nothing. She heard, why? Because Solomon was doing what he was supposed to do. The Bible says that he was worshiping God. He was doing his part, what God called him to do. God said, what do you want? He said, I'll take wisdom. He said, you've asked for the right thing. And because of it, he made him the healthiest, wealthiest, wisest man on earth. And because he was so wealthy, it says he didn't have time to count the silver. He was too busy counting the gold. How many of us could live a little bit like that, right? So Sheba, the queen of Sheba, hears about the fame of Solomon. Why? Because God made sure that the noise traveled abroad. When you do what you're supposed to do, the people who need to come to you, the people who need to hear about you, the people who need to know you, God will make sure that that communication system gets right to them. The people that need to hire you, the people that you need to hire, the people who need to be hired, the people who need a wife or who need a this or who need a that. God will make sure that he orchestrates. In fact, he ordered the steps of a righteous person are ordered of God. You don't have to get out and start doing your Jericho march. No, he said, you worship me and I'll make the steps start coming to you. Listen, I like things easy. I'm 63 years old. Now I can go out and plow the field. I've actually done that. Or I can sit and do my part and do what God called me to do. And I can worship God. And somebody else can bring in the harvest and say, hey, we plowed your field because God told us to. Here's the stuff. Now, why wouldn't we want that? I'm not saying take the easy way out. But I am saying when you do your part, God does his part. And so he said, arise and do what you're supposed to do. Then it says this. And Sheba came to Jerusalem with a very great train. It was with camels that had spices, much gold. In fact, it says very much gold. Precious stones. I like the sound of that. And when she came to Solomon, she communicated with him all that was in her heart. And she began to talk to him and say to him, how are you doing this? And he began to tell her about what he did. He was worshiping God. Now, I have three daughters. I've always told my daughters, when you go to somebody's house and you want something from them, take a hostess gift. Now, I've never brought camels, and I've never brought gold, and I've never brought silver, and I've never brought jewels, and all of the spices and all the stuff came. But that's what she had. So I believe when you want something from somebody, give a little bit about what you have. And when you want to receive from somebody, don't walk in empty-handed. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. And as you give, 
it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Not only is it biblically correct, it's mama correct. Be polite. Sow into the party. Give of yourself. Give of your prayers. Give of your time. Pray ye one for another. Get off the all about me stuff. And when Solomon wasn't talking all about me. He was worshiping and talking all about God. And when Sheba got there and heard it and saw it and brought him camels and all the stuff, he didn't need her camels. He was the richest guy on the earth. He didn't need her gold. He didn't need her spices. She just wanted something from him so she wouldn't come empty-handed. And when she walked in, she fainted. And I've asked this question so many times. How many times has someone walked into your house and it's so much that they faint? I've never had it happen. But God said when Solomon worshipped him, his fame was spread abroad. Sheba heard about it and she came to see. And it was so much that they wrote about it in the Bible. When we begin to do what we're called to do, the camels of provision will start walking. You don't have to feed them. You don't have to call them. You don't have to beg. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to do anything. You worship God and the camels start walking. So if camels could walk and donkeys could talk. How many of you have ever heard of Mr. Ed? You all are babies. When you're 63, you're old enough to say, remember the program, I am Mr. Ed. It was terrible. But everybody watched it. Why? Because it was a, an anomaly. It was a talking horse. How about my mother, the car, back in the 60s? Oh, you babies weren't even born. I'll talk to somebody who isn't babies because in the 60s, I was already here. And there was the talking car, my mother, the car, Mr. Ed. And Mr. Ed always, quote, had something to say. And I want to ask you a question. When Jesus was getting ready to go into Jerusalem, he was going to take a ride on a donkey. He was going through the streets instead of how the high priest used to carry the sacrificial lamb so the sins would be remitted for one year and rolled back for only one year. And how he was getting into the city and the priest would proclaim it and the priest would announce it. But now... Jesus is about to ride into the city and he's about to ride in on a donkey. He is about to be the sacrificial lamb one week later and they're waving palm branches and singing Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. So he has to go in on a donkey and if he has to go in on a donkey, don't mess it up, donkey. So he sees two donkeys on the side of the road and he points over to his disciples and says, that one right over there, loose him and let him come to me. And if anyone asks, say the Lord has need of him. Now in your logical, practical, analytical mind, like me, what would you think when he pointed there was a mama and a baby? Which would you pick? The seasoned mama. Why would you, knowing that a donkey would go kicking and screaming because that's his nature, why would you pick an inexperienced donkey for the ride of your life that precludes going to the cross, going down Jerusalem, and pick the donkey that doesn't know what he's doing and risk how foolish that would be and mess up history for 2,000 years? But Jesus said, no, the little one. The inexperienced one, the one nobody expects, the one nobody paid any attention to, the one nobody rode on because nobody thought he was worth it yet. You may be the little donkey sitting back 
thinking nobody wants me. They've rejected me. I have never been able to prove myself. I'm sitting here worthless. They always pick the guy next to me. It's my time for a job, but I'm always overlooked. I'm the little guy. I'm the dumb one. I'm the this. I'm the that. And make excuses because maybe you make them for yourself or maybe it's been pronounced on you. Folks, I've been down that road. And I don't ever want to go down that road again. I lived a life down that road. And that's not the neighborhood I want to go back to. Because I don't want to be the reject. I don't want to be the one that nobody wanted. I want to sit back and say, I may be the little one. I may be the one nobody's ridden yet. I may be a donkey. Or you could spell that a little different way. But Jesus, if I just worship him, if I just worship God, if I just do my part, he's already proven that the camels could walk. How about if he makes the donkey talk? What would that donkey say? What are you nuts? What are you picking me for? Are you crazy? Jesus, you may be Jesus, but you are way off on this one. Pick the other guy. Pick the one more qualified. Pick the one more worthy. Pick the one who hasn't made mistakes. Pick the one who's not so foolish. Pick the one who's not so shy that when I married Richard Roberts and he put me on television, I had a bucket next to the sofa. And when we'd go to commercial, I would puke until I couldn't stand up anymore, wipe my face off, take a drink of Coke, and then turn around and act like I was just lovely. And when they go to a song, I would vomit again and vomit until I couldn't stand up. And they'd come back to me and say, well, we're back now. And it was so stupid. I was the thing that God called or the people called foolish being used to confound the wise. And it was so difficult. And I could never understand why didn't God leave me in my tax attorney state and let me play with numbers because two plus two is easy. Mathematics is easy. If any of you think math is hard, no, no, no. You just need a new math teacher. Mathematics is easy because they're absolutes. Two plus two will always equal four. And I'm good at things that are absolutes. And I'm good at mathematics. And I am horrible at television. I never did any public speaking. The only thing I had to do when there was a crowd was find my way to a bathroom so I could throw my guts up. So me being that little donkey, the one some people called a dumb donkey, I had an IQ. I really did. But because I was shy and because I was quiet didn't mean I was stupid. It meant I was shy and I was quiet. So Jesus, would you just make my life easier and pick somebody else? And lo and behold, what does lo and behold mean? See, I told you so. What does lo and behold mean? I don't know. But lo and behold, God picked me. And I re- Now listen here. And I really don't know why he did it. But the truth is, as long as I just worshipped him, the camel started walking and the donkey started talking. And I said, okie dokie, we can do things. And if you worship God, the camels will start walking. The donkeys will start, start talking. And if women would cry and trees would die. If women would try, cry, Luke 840. 
So there's this woman with an issue of blood. She'd had it some 12 years. She'd spent all of her living and grew no better, but only grew worse. And she hears that Jesus is coming along. Now think in the terms of history and think in the terms of culture. The woman with the issue of blood could not go into the streets. She'd spent all of her living, so she's broke. She's had it for 12 years, so she's hurting and she doesn't feel good. She's probably got no strength. She's got no money. She's got no position. She's got no authority. Jesus is coming and she doesn't care about strength or position or money or authority. She only said, I care if I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. So she went on a journey and it says she touched the hem of his garment. How do you touch the hem, the border, the the part on the ground? You get on the ground and you crawl. In order to touch the hem of his garment, in my mind, she was on the ground crawling and crawling and crying and sighing. And when she got the hem of his garment, she said, if I can do it, I know I'll be healed. Straightway, the fountain of her blood dried up. The Bible says, Jesus whirled around and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what are you nuts? Everybody's touching you. In fact, the Bible says the crowd was thronging him. That means they were pressing shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. No wonder she had to crawl on the ground. She couldn't get through. Oh, don't ever tell me you can't get through to Jesus. If you have to crawl, then crawl. But you can get through to Jesus. So she said, I did it. He said, I knew it because this is a different touch. I didn't feel somebody press against me and say, hey, Jesus, I want to be part of your cool crowd. He said, I felt virtue. I felt the healing power of God. She magnetized it and she pulled it out of my body. Who did that? She said, me. And he said, daughter, your faith, not my greatness, not my father, God, not my healing power. He said, daughter, your faith made you whole. I'll tell you what, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you've not yet seen. If you've not yet seen it, don't worry about it. Stick your faith on it. Keep going, keep going, keep going. God has given to every person the measure of faith, not a little measure of faith. He's given you whatever measure it takes to get the job done. Just keep crawling. If camels could walk, and donkeys could talk and women would women would cry out to God and trees would die. If we look in the book of Luke, 8th chapter, and we get over to about I'm sorry that was the women of God. If we look in the uh, um, in the book of Mark and we talk about trees would dry, die. Well, it is dry. It's dry up at the root. Mark 11. Jesus keep in mind was here since the foundation of the earth. He was with Father God on Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth, and God created every living thing. How did he do it? He spoke it out of his mouth. The word meant ruach, wind of God. That ruach, wind of God, means the spirit of God. It also means the life-giving power of God. So he spoke this world into existence with his life-giving power of God, the breath of God, he said light be and light was. What really happened was he said light and darkness took off. When we speak the power of God and we say by faith be healed, then sickness and disease and poverty and fear and torment is supposed to take off. And all we have to do is speak the word of God in faith. So Jesus comes up to this tree and he's looking at the tree And he thought that because there was leaves on it, he thought there'd be figs. Now, he knew 
every living thing because he created it with his daddy. And so he gets up and he comes close to the figs and it says he was hungry and yet the figs had not produced. Now one translation says the time of figs had not yet come and another commentary I read said the, the leaves were there so the figs should have been there. But either way, the figs weren't working right. I think the tree was in rebellion. You know why? Because it doesn't say Jesus talked to the tree. Mark 11, you can read it. It says Jesus answered the tree. How do you answer something unless something talked first? The tree was saying, I don't have to do what you say. I don't have to follow the rules. I don't have to follow orders. I can be rebellious. I can do whatever I want. And we live in a generation that thinks there are no consequences to doing whatever you want. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets to play. And everybody is on equal playing ground. And the Bible doesn't say that. I worked my brains out one day in a class and I was, a, I was an A student. I was such a perfectionist, which thank God I got delivered. God didn't say perfection. He said excellence. Hold on. Sorry, but this thing's bugging me. Nothing personal, but I thought it'd be over with by then. It was cough drop. Sorry. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But I was such a perfectionist that a 99 was failure to me. That's how the devil tormented me. And so I thought I had to have a hundred. So I worked very diligently. Finally, God showed me the difference between perfectionist is all about me and excellence is all about him. So one day I was in class. I, yes, that's right. Perfectionist is all about me. Excellence all about him. So one day the Lord, I was really working in a class and I had about a 9,900% in there. And then there were a bunch of kids who spent more time partying the night before than studying. And they got a 50 and less on the test. So the, the person that was giving out the test, didn't want to look like a bad teacher, have bad things against his record. So he said, I'll make you a deal. We're just going to even the score. Everybody gets a C. Now, the people that hadn't studied were thrilled beyond reason. The people like me were mad as a hornet because that was going to hurt my chances with those kind of grades of getting into law school. And the A students were mad at the F students. Everybody balanced out to a C. Everybody got a trophy. And nobody was happy but the people who did nothing. God's word doesn't work like that. He said, you got to give if you want it given unto you. you got to sow if you want to reap. You've got to put seed in the ground if you want the tree to come up. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. God loves us all. It's not about love. It's about honor and respect and boundaries that God said, when you follow my word, I'm faithful and just to do what I said. God does not hate people. But the Bible says he loves justice and hates injustice. God wants to know that if you'll walk in excellence, if you'll pray ye one for another for you to be healed, if you'll do your part, if you'll honor his word, then camels will start walking, donkeys will start talking. If women will cry out to God, then God will make sure that he honors his word, he watches over his word to perform it. When we obey his word, he jumps at the opportunity to bless us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. The last point is very simple. When Jesus spoke to the tree, he answered the tree because the tree was in rebellion. And when he answered the tree that was operating in rebellion, he said, no man will ever pull this stunt again.
No man will ever eat of the fruit of you because you're not going to do this. You're not going to act in rebellion and get away with it. You're not going to disobey how God honored this earth. You're not going to disobey how God created the heavens and the earth. And you're not going to disobey the son of the living God. And he cursed it at the root. And the disciples looked at him and said, weird, nothing happened. Excuse me for being disrespectful, but how much you want to bet? Just because man doesn't see what's happening on the outside doesn't mean that God is not working on the inside. Just because man doesn't see with the natural eye doesn't mean that in the spirit realm, that sucker is dying at the root. So when somebody prays for you, when somebody begins to bless you and you look like, yeah, it looks just the same or I didn't get the job or, hey, I put in my seat. You might not have gotten a microwave miracle. Push a button and it jumps out in 30 seconds. But don't you ever give up. Be not weary in well-doing. You are supposed to reap in due season. If you don't quit, you don't give up. I don't care if it looks like three elephants and a duck are running the parade. In the name of Jesus, you stand on the word you obey the word you sow into the word you use your words to create the life-giving power of God and in the name of Jesus the day will come when you wake up and that devil that's been attacking you that sickness and disease that lack that poverty will be dried up at the root because you didn't give up you just worship God you just worship God and camels will walk and donkeys will start talking and women will cry and trees will die. And what that means is when the miracles start to happen, like Peter, you can walk on water, spiritually speaking. You can walk on water. When Jesus says, come out into the deep with me, Peter didn't say, oh me, oh my. He said, let's take a walk. When Jesus starts telling you to take a walk, a lot of people want to tell you take a hike. But when Jesus tells you to take a walk, my friend, it's time for the body of Christ. Let God arise. Arise, shine. Let your light come and walk on water in Jesus' name. I want you to all stand up and let's pray for just exactly what your pastor talked about. Thank God for the hand family. All of you. I knew Nick back in the day when one day his hair was purple and one day his hair was green and he had cool dreadlocks. I said, he looks so, he looks so not Nick. I said to Richard, are you sure I'm going to recognize him without purple hair? He said, you'll recognize him because he's got a perfect heart. God doesn't look at our purple hair. God looks at our heart. And I love the hand family because you have a heart for miracles miracles, miracles. And I want to pray for you today, whatever it is you're going through. I pray for you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray that if you're going through some physical thing from the devil himself, I was diagnosed with cancer two years ago, thyroid cancer. I thought I had strep throat. Everybody else thought I had strep throat. Then my skin turned an odd color and I realized something ain't right here. And the next thing I knew, I thought I was going to be told to take a round of antibiotics. You got strep throat and I had stage four thyroid cancer. And I'll tell you what, it had such a, such a loop on me. That when I heard it over the telephone, my two knees somehow went somewhere else and my body hit the deck. 
And I had a husband that looked at me. I had my daughter sitting in the room looking at me. And they began to pray in tongues. And my husband, my precious husband, went to the toy store. And he bought me a little yellow rubber duck. And he said, Lindsay Roberts, you are not a sitting duck waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, be healed. I had surgery. I came out from under surgery. I had a little kind of sheet on top of my face. I pulled the sheet out and I said to my husband, I'm not dead. Folks, you're not dead. You're not dead. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I pray for your body to be healed, your mind to be healed, your spirit man to rise up and do what God says. I pray for your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I pray for your finances. I tell you what I pray for you. God delights in the prosperity of his children. That word prosperity means successful journey on the road of life with camels walking, donkeys talking, women crying out to God, and most of all, by faith, through faith, in faith. Satan, I curse your plan at the root. I command your demonic plan to wither and die, and for God to arise, and enemies to be scattered, for you to be healed. I pray for miracles, miracles, miracles for you today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc slash give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.